This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. What the hell just happened? She took me for a ride. She beat me at my own game. She cut me down to size. So now we got an hour. I'm not sure what to do. I haven't got a clue. There's something about her. She's charming, there's no doubt. There's something about her. I don't know what it is, but I guess that I'll find out. Maps to the stars. Can't get where you want to be without a map. It's all written in the stars. So come along, I'll meet you there. I can take you anywhere. Cause anything's possible. Welcome to the Beverly Wilshire Hotel. nerds, it's us, your friendly neighbourhood theatre nerd podcasters. You're backstage with Mel and Mike, and we are very, very stoked to be nerding out with you for another episode, kindly brought to you by Free FM and Creative Waikato. If you are a regular friend or fan, you'll know that we're based here in Hamilton, New Zealand, and that if you want to recommend us to any of your mates... Please do. Please do. You can simply tell them to type backstage with Mel and Mike into the search bar of any of their favourite podcast streaming apps. And there will be. Yeah, we'll be all right. Our musical of the week is, and you may not recognise it because it's fairly new still, but it is Pretty Woman, the musical, featuring the one and only Samantha Barks. And we have got a whole lot of Pretty Woman for you shortly. And this week I thought we could talk some, uh, just a little bit, about taking care of ourselves in the theatre, um, working on the theatre and just generally in our theatre-related situations. That subject of conversation was kind of inspired by my own needing to step back from a particular pro- well, a project that I was really excited about being involved with, to be honest. And I know that every single theatre maker I know, yourself included, can be prone to saying yes a lot because you always see things and you say oh yeah I'd love to do that do that life can wait I'll just <laughs> yeah. get involved in something else I think that's a really timely thing I'm so delighted you're picking that up mm. this week Mel and a great suggestion for the week very very timely for especially I think coming post COVID when yep. a lot of things are catching up still I mean I'm still clearing stuff off my calendar that should have been done a year ago yeah true that theatre wise and and in other aspects of my life too but particularly mm. with performance stuff Things that were supposed to be on last year are now jammed up through the calendar. Yeah. And it seems like it's really hard to take a breath. And if you're not careful, that leads to all kinds of problems. I'm talking about health issues, mental health issues, just relationship issues, all that sort of stuff. So well done you for bringing that up. And I'm um, I'm keen to discuss that further. I'm very keen to to share it with our listeners and and our fans and our people who we care about in the theatre as well. Yeah, totally. And it's not an easy subject to talk about. And I don't want it to be a downer conversation because it is actually okay to recognise what elements are, to talk about them, like you say, to share it with others. You know, when we've overcommitted ourselves or when our situation's 
change affecting other parts of our life, it's okay to acknowledge that. Yeah, I love that. You know? Yeah, let's talk about the hard stuff and let's do it honestly. But let's do it after we take a quick squiz through the calendar about what's coming up around the place soonish. At the Meteor, Back to Square One, written, directed and performed by Anders Falstey Jensen for the Rebel Alliance. That's going on stage from August 13 to 15. And Assassins is also coming up, presented by Bold Theatre, hits the stage at the end of August. Crikey. Mm. Uh, Clarence Street Theatre, Fame Junior, presented by Bravo Theatre Company, is hitting the stage in September. Rivoli Theatre, Hamilton Musical Theatre are in rehearsal still for Mamma Mia. That goes to stage in October. We're also still in rehearsals for the Rivoli Theatre Christmas show, Back to the 80s, which opens in November. Great response to the auditions for that, wasn't it? So many people really keen to relive the 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lots of young ones really keen to yeah, experience the, the vibes. Because when you think about it, it's 40 years ago. You know? Oh, God, don't say that. <laughs> Let's go to Navarra Lounge. They have their open mic night tonight and every Wednesday come to that. R&B Jam is happening Thursday the 29th and Tippany Album Tour is coming up on Friday the 30th. Over in Tiaroha at the Little Theatre, they're in rehearsal for Death and Taxes by April Phillips. That's going to stage in September. My hometown Putaruru Theatre Players are rehearsing Exit Laughing by Paul Elliott. That's going to hit the stage very soon, August 12th. Rotorua Musical Theatre Spamalot is directed by Alastair Hay and that's going on stage August 20th until September 4th. Tauranga Musical Theatre are rehearsing Les Miserables on stage in September. Detour Theatre has rehearsals underway for Sherlock Holmes' The Adventure of the Speckled Band, also going on stage in September. In Onifero, the Society of Performing Arts are in rehearsal for The Jailhouse Frocks by Devin Williamson, also coming up in September. Cheapest September's the month, isn't it? Mm. Auckland Theatre Company has Here and Now Festival, formerly known as Young and Hungry. It's on until the 30th at The Basement. Young Yang by Sherry Zhang and Nyanshi Zhang. And Fleshies 2.0 presented in collaboration with The Oddballs. Then Things That Matter by Gary Henderson, adapted from the memoir by Dr. David Geller, is on from August 17th to the 29th. And by way of upcoming opportunities and auditions, auditions for Morrinsville Theatre's November season of MTI's concert production altogether now have been announced for August 1st. Email morrinsvilletheatrenz at hotmail.com for an audition slot. Riverley Theatre, auditions are coming up in September for HMT's Summer Broadway Junior season of Beauty and the Beast Junior. So watch the space where we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. And auditions for Riverley Theatre's November season of All Together Now, which is going to be performed at the John Gallagher Concert Chamber, will be taking place on Saturday, August the 14th. Potaruru Theatre Players are auditioning for their Christmas production, Moonshine. You can check out their Facebook page for more information there. Tauranga Musical Theatre have already got the call out for a creative team. Um, they're looking for expressions of interest for their upcoming season of We Will Rock You. That's for 2022. If you would like to direct, MD or choreograph, check out the Tauranga Musical Theatre Facebook page. And the latest Creative Community Scheme funding round is open. That's facilitated by Creative Waikato and the grant supports arts projects happening in and around the Waikato and anyone can apply. Check out their website for more information. And if you think you're in with half a chance, you should put that application in. Well, if anyone can apply, you've got yeah, nothing to lose. Absolutely. As always, get in touch. If you want to add something to the list, email backstagepodcastnz at gmail.com or just give us a little holler. Send us a message on Facebook 
or pigeon. Instagram, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So many ways to reach us, and we're always available. And it's something that's become a bit of a regular segment for us now, or an occasionally regular segment. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been seeing around the place lately, Mel? Oh, uh, since we last spoke about it, I was able to catch Beards, Beards, Beards uh, at the Medial a couple of weeks ago, last week, uh, for the school holidays, that, directed by our friend Jono. Yeah. Yeah. I too saw beards, beards, beards. I took my moko. Beards, 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 beards. My beards, little beards, grandson beards. Charlie came with me, and we sat there and thoroughly entertained and enthralled. It was great. Oh, good. Did he love it? Uh, well, he he's just five, so it was possibly about ten minutes longer than what was really comfortable for mm. him. But he was engaged, and he understood what live theatre was about, which was really cool. I mean, I'm not pushing him, but. <laughs> You know, What's 20 years' time, he, he could be good. I think he loved the colourfulness of it. The, he didn't understand a lot of the yeah. references in it, obviously, but he loved the music, he loved the action, loved the uh, the fact that the audience was responding. That all meant a lot, and, uh, and it's great to give him that experience. I think, I think you're right. You know, it wasn't for those small, small kids like some of the mediocre um, kids shows are. It was weird that we sat a long row with maybe some 10, 11 year old boys and That's, they were loving they were it. They ones, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were loving it. Oh, that was a full house when we went and that was 10.30 in the morning. Awesome. So it was really cool. Uh, Jono was there in the audience too. Great. So I got a chance to meet the cast afterwards and have a word with Jono. He did a great job. Didn't he? So proud of our boy. Yeah, didn't he just? He was a bit anxious about it to start with, wasn't he? Yeah, he was uh, a bit anxious about not just people seeing his directorial debut, but that it was a kid's show. And so uh, you, you can't really take in your theatre critiquing hat yeah. into a kid's show. You can, but it's... You know, you shouldn't. Because <laughs> it's, it's kids' theatre. It's made for a, with a different purpose. Um, I, I loved it um, from an adult perspective too, though, because mm. I, it ticked all the boxes for me in terms of its um, cleverness. Yeah. The script was great. The script was so clever. Really clever. Um, and the cast really nailed it. Poor hard-working Benny. Oh, wow. Is he a national a, treasure or Wasn't what? he amazing? I, I, I just loved his stuff. That might have been one of my favourite roles he's ever played. I think so too. Yeah. Isn't and it that showed, funny? showed a lot of his own personality coming through, despite the fact he was, you know, using script and doing things according to the script and everything. Yeah. So much of his personality is infused in all of the different characters that he portrayed. Yeah. And his, just his attitude and things, which was perfectly timed. Yeah, I, I thought it was really but all, of the, all three of the cast did such a great job. Totally agree. Yeah, and uh, Jono, I think, uh, demonstrated the you know he's got the measure of it. He he understands what theatre is about. God, he's been doing it for long enough. Well, that's right. And I think Jono knows how to do a lot with very little, mm. um, which is perfect in that situation. Which is is perfect in that situation. Limited resources, so he was able to just pull it out of the bag, and he did. Yeah, good work, Jono. Yeah, we're proud of you, mate. Thanks for doing it. Apart from that, though, I really haven't had a chance to catch anything else at the moment because Assassins is now up to four days a week for rehearsals, and well, we're yeah. really getting into that, as you've identified, at end of the month, yeah. end of August, we're on. It's very exciting. Yeah. I'll be there opening night now. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but, you know, we'll talk more about that in uh, a couple of moments, I guess. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, it's one of those things that, you know, you move on, you're into the next all-consuming thing, and, and yeah. that's really what our theme is today. We'll get back, we'll get on to that shortly. We'll watch this space, though, for the things we see, and let us know if there's anything you reckon we should check out and oh, talk about. Yes, please do. I like a good recommendation.
300 bucks. I need it now. Uh, just a second. I'm getting dressed. Don't stall me. Do you have it or don't you? Uh, hang on. I just need a moment to tidy up a little. We weren't expecting company. Open up. Open up. Give me the rent or I'm kicking you out. You got three seconds to open this door or I'm busting in. One, two, Vivian! Welcome to Hollywood. What's your dream? Everyone who comes to Hollywood's got a dream. Tell me what's your dream. I know you've got one. It's like a map to your life. You'll be lost until you caught one. Look at her, she's got dreams of her own deep inside. How do I know it's my job? I'm your guy. So stick with me and you'll see where this is going. Edward, where are you going? Ask my driver to bring the limo around. Yes, sir. Phil, I've got to get back to work. We've got six days before the board meeting, and I want the more shipping deal closed by then. It will be. Why don't you stay for the Hollywood Bowl fireworks? We've got a perfect view. I'm going. Give me your car keys. Are you sure? It's a brand new 1989 Lotus. Do you know how to drive a stick? Please, don't scratch it.
You're backstage with Mel and Mike live on Free FM or perhaps later on your favourite podcasting streaming app. It doesn't matter which way you're getting us, you're getting us in full stereo and colour. That was Welcome to Hollywood. It's from our musical of the week, which is Pretty Woman, the musical. Before I give you any of that good stuff, uh, we're talking mental health this week. We're talking saying no once in a while. We're talking about the benefits and the downsides to saying yes all the time, uh, particularly in the theatre and in a community setting. To start with, it's not a secret that we can't take care of others if we aren't taking care of ourselves. Oh, that's a great truth, isn't it? Let's paint your picture. Okay, you've got work. A lot of people, well, most of us have work that we have to deal with. Usually it's somewhere between 35, possibly up to about 50 hours a week in some cases, depending on your job. Then you need to add on to that the time that you need to go shopping to get toothpaste, get the laundry done, cook a meal every once in a while, uh, keep your house in a fairly livable state. You don't have to be doing a lot of housework, but you do need time to make the bed occasionally and yeah, yeah. feed the cat. Oh, and you also need to fit in exercise somewhere in there too to look after your physical self. Don't forget, you also have to pay attention to paying your bills so you don't get the power cut off. You need to get a few outside chores done as well. You really should visit your mum a bit more often if you're lucky enough to still have your mum. Yeah. You see where this is going. Yeah, and maybe you have a kid or two plus their full-time schedules or a partner that you want to spend time with. Oh, or, yeah. Or maybe, maybe you want to find time to sleep once in a while or, or eat even um and then there's doing theatre which is also another full-time job on top of the two full-time jobs we've already identified between the living and the working theatre is the next one we're talking about juggling we're talking about balancing and if you're not careful you sometimes get the wrong things in the wrong order and theatre being the kind of thing that it is expands to fill the space that you make available to it that's right and, and will will replace other things in your lives if you're not careful community theater makers usually have way more to do than is really practically doable i guess while still thinking about projects and considering other projects needs and thinking we could or perhaps should be doing more in order to keep up with everything that everyone else is also doing which is actually just not good for anyone's health at any level no, and that's that's the trouble with semi-competitive environments. Yeah. I don't know if competitive is the right word, but... Well, that seems to be the way that the 21st century lifestyle is going at the moment. People are out for attention. They're out for, you know, to be noticed and what they do to get, you know, peer support, yeah, peer approval and so on. It is competitive. Yeah, I think that's what I mean, you know, mm. is, is seeking the approval of our peers that's a big part of it i think so i did a little research online and according to some german study the term overcommitted refers to people who are doing way too much obviously and more specifically we because i'm definitely one of these people uh also like i've mentioned have a high need for approval of the things that we do and make and create so you say you you do these things because you want someone to say hey great job or good to see you involved in that no, I don't know if we do them because we want that approval, but we definitely seek that approval after doing the thing. Or if you're a performer, you get that applause. Well, yeah, that's right. And when you make art and you put it out there for people to see, mm. you want them to go, yeah, cool, good work, that was great. Yeah, even just a small part of you actually needs that. Yeah. Interestingly, when we are temporarily overcommitted and in an anxious state, our bodies try to help us cope by making more stress hormones and chemicals that can raise inflammation in the body. 
In the short term, these help us muster the energy to cope with the stressor and get through. I'm thinking about things like, you know, working hard to get to meet a tight deadline or yeah. juggling two or three things at once because you know by the end of the week you're going to be past all that and move on. So you get yeah. the energy, you get the wherewithal to get through that. Yeah. And it's like when you're, I, I guess, running for your life from something like a, maybe a bear <laughs> and, and you want those stress hormones the adrenaline to kick up your speed and make you stronger and help you get through you want those inflammation molecules just in case there is a fight so that you can fight the infection from any injury that might happen or in case you need to take flight yeah and get away yeah you need that extra boost for you speed want, you want that but you can't live like that no, well, and sustain it. That's right. And unfortunately, people living their lives as well as doing theatre. And I, I'd say you could probably say this about people highly committed to um, hobby sport or any sort of out extracurricular oh, gee, thing. That's true. We, we're talking about the theatre experience, but this applies to anything that you feel absolutely you know, driven to do more and more and more of. Yeah, yeah. And I come at it a lot from um, a workplace context because of, you know, I work in the employment space. So I think about it a lot in terms of, and I think of theatre as a type of workplace for us as well. Mm. So that's where I come at it from. But like you say, we can't run hot like that all the time. So people who are always running from the bear in the long term, these stress hormones and inflammatory chemicals start doing more damage than good. Uh, They beat up the brain and the linings of the blood vessels, literal physical things. They deposit fat in places they shouldn't, and there's often poor blood sugar control. I only just learned this, like, this week. This is why getting sick becomes so much more likely uh, in production week, when we're busy, tired, burnt out. And you might say to yourself, I'm a bit run down. I'm a bit run down. It's worse than that. It is worse than that. Because your body is literally reacting to how busy you are. Yeah, like I said just a moment ago, we're talking about very specific situation here in terms of our experiences with with theatre. But I want to digress just for a moment and go back about maybe 20 years, Mm. uh, possibly longer, maybe 30 years ago, uh, when I was in the commercial radio world. And I attended a seminar that was being run by bosses further up the chain than me, the guys who were telling us in middle management what to do. And uh, we, we had one guy did, did uh, a time management address with us who really didn't give us any tools about how to manage our time better. He started his address to us by saying, you guys are all program directors and middle managers and so on. If you're not doing 60 hours a week in your job now, I want to know why not. You should be. Yeah. And I thought, whoa, how can that even be? How can someone have that attitude? And I, I realized then that this was a pretty toxic kind of way of viewing things. And unfortunately, in the working situation, you still come across that. People who say, hey, man, you, you should be working harder or longer or giving me more of your time because, yeah. you know, this this is a career move. It's, it's yeah. not just a job. You get it a lot. It's kind of a generational thing. You don't see it as much from younger employers, but certainly from... Um, oh, yeah, people my age. Yeah. 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 And I'm not saying what that is, but, you know... <laughs> When I'd say, you know, this was this was a thing 30 years ago, I think by and large we've come away from that a bit now. Yeah. But that was back in, at a time when everybody seemed to be wanting to, you know, build their share portfolios and, and yeah. uh, you know, be so committed to work that, well, that, that, ev- that was something to be proud of. That's what everyone did. And, and like we've already talked about, you're constantly trying to better yourself so that you can keep up with the guy next to you. Yeah. Climbing the ladders together. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but getting back to the whole health issues, you know, we say these sorts of things about getting tired and burnt out and so on, knowing full well that we're exactly the people that this uh, research that Mel was talking about before is meant to touch and affect, and and we are the ones who are supposed to go, oh yeah, 
you're right, we shouldn't be doing that. But we still go ahead and do it. No, yeah. That's the weird part of this. We know that it's not good for us to overcommit to things, but we still go ahead and do it. Yeah. And then we keep doing too much anyway because that's become what your normal is. And it's yeah. also what you love doing uh, adds another element into it because you think, but I can't stop because I really love doing it. So okay, that's, that's a big one, eh? Where do you draw the line? I can't stop because I love doing it. You don't even think twice about giving more of yourself than there is to give because you just love it so much. And you know that people come to you to do stuff because they say, well, well she's always um, she's always busy doing stuff, so she'll be able to do that. Because hey, she you're knows good what at what you do. do. I wonder if you'd jump on my project. Yeah. Yeah. Get that along. And that's awesome. It's great. Yeah. Up to a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other side of it is that sometimes you don't know what your limits are until you really hit the wall and you come up against those limits and they tell you pretty smartly what you, your body or your brain just tells you, hey, this is too far. Yeah, that's enough. Yep. That's totally true as well. And situations, like I mentioned, they change. You know, last year, like, and you've mentioned it already, 2020, we were all supposed to do projects. I was supposed to stage manage a musical, was asked to remain a part of the team in 2021 after the COVID reschedule. And ultimately, I just couldn't do it because the situation had changed and I couldn't put off my 2021 plans to do a 2020 project, yeah. which lots and lots and lots of people haven't. I've, it's become such a common thing that I've heard recently that people are saying, oh, this is uh, this is something that should have happened last year. We're still mopping up the, the dregs from last year. Yeah. Rescheduling, getting it into the calendar and so on. So what is the fix for all this? What's the answer? Do we just stop saying yes to each other and stop making theatre for a bit <laughs> yeah, so yeah. we can catch our breath? What, what's the answer? You know, and I think some people do stop doing theatre. I've heard a couple of people recently say, oh, I think I might just need to step back for a while and, and take a break. It's um, actually a pretty brave thing to do. Um, what is a very brave thing to do, especially when you're a part of a community and you don't want to, one, let anyone down, but you two also don't want to miss out on the cool stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, for me, I just try to be honest and transparent about where I'm at and what's going on in my life. I don't often find myself overcommitted, mostly because I try really hard not to be. But when I am, I do. when I do find myself overcommitted, it just helps to acknowledge and take immediate steps to do right by the projects that I'm working on. Now, if you've been listening from the from the get-go, you might have uh, understood that what Mel was referring to before when she said she was stepping away from something. She was scheduled to be stage manager for Assassins, the production that I'm involved in. Sigh. You've just had to say no to that in the end. I have, yeah. How was that for you, mm. first of all, to say, no, I really can't do this anymore, and then follow through and go and see the producers and say, hey, guys, I'm going to have to back out? That's a great question, actually. Uh it was not easy, and it's devastating actually because it is a project that I was really excited to be involved in. I know you, were, you were really, you know, so looking forward to it, and, yeah. I, and uh, I too was looking forward to working with you on that project. I yeah. thought it was going to be great, but I'm full of admiration for the fact that you had the courage to say, "You know what? This is not going to be good for me. I can't do this." Yeah, well, that's it. My mum was injured a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I've, I'm planning a wedding, as probably most of you know, and. I just, something needed to give in the end. And, and fortunately, the producers for Bold are just wonderful human beings. So completely they are. Understood. Were you concerned about that before you saw them, though? I mean, were, yeah. as you were mulling oh, yeah. it over, did you think, how am I going to tell them? Oh, yeah. I, I don't want to tell them. Even though they're such lovely people. Yeah. Charlotte and Ray would have said, yeah, no problem, we'll fix it. Which is exactly, exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte said, no, I'm devastated to lose you, but of course I understand. Yeah. Uh, and we'd, and I'd already lined up a um, somebody to replace me, so I wasn't leaving them in the lurch. Mm. And uh, I mean, and that's sort of what I mean about taking steps to do right by the project. You know, it would have been one thing for me to walk away and be like, 
I can't do this, guys, I'm out, that is, and just drop them in it. But I really did everything I could to support them in my departure. Yeah. Which I think is just like the good faith thing to do. It is. Not everybody is able to do that, which is fine as well. If you say, look, I'm, I, I can't do this. I, I've got nobody to offer as a backup. But, I'm, you know, for my own sake, I, I really, I've got to be honest, I can't manage to do this. That's true, yeah. Everybody understands that. And yeah. I think that's the biggest thing to get your head around, first of all, is people will understand yeah if especially if you just that. tell them the truth yeah i've bitten off more than i can chew this year i'm feeling worn out and i, I need time yeah I need some space whatever i've got other things in my life that are important other people in my life that are important at the moment whatever it might be uh, you've got to be upfront and honest about those circumstances totally uh, and i think it's a really good thing to talk about for young theater makers at the moment and our sphere to hear these kinds of stories as well because mm. I, I sometimes feel like as more mature members of our community our theatre community sometimes people look towards people like us and say well you guys are doing this you know maybe that's what I should aspire to do I had a stage in my life at the moment where I'm able to commit to several projects in a row but I tell you what at the end of Assassins beginning of September I'm looking forward to having about three months when I'm not going to be involved in things for a bit because I've I've gone pretty relentlessly for the last four or five years Yeah, one project after another all the way through and and it's time to take a break well, that's it. When you're involved heavily in the community and sort of the political spheres of the community, you do just get roped into one project after You know, it's next. exciting and it's great to do stuff you love and it's great to feel like, um, you know, you're not going to miss out on things because we're also often flattered to be asked to be involved in something or for passing an audition or whatever, for a whole host of reasons, really. But in the land of musical theatre in particular, we often love every single musical that goes to yeah. stage. We want to be involved, but, you know, you can't do it all yeah you can't and that's I think where it starts to get I don't know maybe a bit yucky and like a smidge selfish and I say this pointing the finger at myself as much as anyone else (laughs) because we really do love all the projects and want to be involved in everything but there comes a point where to be involved in this project means that at some point you have to let down the team on that other project because of some sort of crossover or because the more projects you do the more the percentage of the energy you can give them gets watered down yeah really good point there Mm. I have, and I'm sure you have too, uh, worked on shows where you can might have cast members saying, hey, I can't come to rehearsal tonight because it's production week of this show that I'm in over here, mm. you know, which means you know I'm dedicated to that, so I can't come and do your rehearsal. Every yeah. time a cast member is missing from a rehearsal, it's extra work for someone else to do to catch them all up later yeah. on, or when somebody has to stand in for you during rehearsal and so on. So you've got to think about how you're, you know, if, you, if you're spreading yourself too thin, you're not just impacting your own life, you're actually impacting on a bunch of other people as well. Yeah, and they're artistic projects. And, you know, I don't mind putting in that extra time to catch somebody up if they miss a rehearsal because they're super sick or because their cat got hit by a car and had True. to be taken to the vet. Mm. Uh, but to have to put in time because someone is overcommitted and prioritising their other project over this one, I don't know if it's me being unreasonable, though. No, I think it's just good manners. It yeah, is, isn't even it? Even in this day and age, uh, we've, we We're have talked old. about etiquette before theatre etiquette and I think being fair to those around you has to be what should be driving you in any situation if you commit to being part of a production you commit to all of the aspects of that production and as you say unexpected illness can happen and sometimes during the uh, initial stages of being cast in something you might say look I, I, I am involved in another production is that going to cause a problem if the producers and the director think that they can work around that they will tell you yeah and if they can find a way to make it work, they will tell you. 
that that's okay. But if you unexpectedly throw it on them that I actually, guys, are, you know, we're doing a photo shoot tonight for another show. Oh, yeah. I can't come and do your rehearsal. Yeah. That's just being that's rude and it's being unfair. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, other people are going to look at you and think, really? Well, and also there are so many people that audition for these shows, you know, like you, this, I don't even, I have anyone in my mind, but the, this, this guy, this person is auditioning for all the shows and getting into them all. Where are the people that are missing out? Because mm. this guy is getting into all the shows and spreading himself a bit thin and they're missing out continuously. Yeah. Yep. You've got to think of them as well. All right. So yeah. we've been serious for a yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have got very serious for a while. Uh, and now that we've done that, let's get bring it back up and get ready to dive into Musical of the Week. Okay. <laughs> You can do this I'll show you how It doesn't matter if they were mean to you We'll go together We're going now? But I'm afraid Can't you see it in my face? With confidence and attitude You can walk into any just like you own the place You're beautiful You've got style and grace There's something about your smile that says You're on your way And you're beautiful Anyone can see If you to the manager. I'm the manager, Mr. Hollister. How may I help you? Edward Lewis, do you see this lovely young lady? Do you have anything in this shop as beautiful as she is? Oh, yes. No, 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 no. I'm saying we have many things as beautiful as she would want them to be. Hollister, we're going to need a lot of people helping us out because we are going to be spending an obscene amount of money in here. Mary Pat, Mary Kate, Mary Frances, quickly... We have an important client to suck up to here. You got that look. You got that look. It really shows. It really shows. I can see you walk down Rodeo Drive. Turning heads everywhere you go. No looking back. No looking back. Now. Now you've arrived. Now you've arrived. It's time to show. of money were you talking about? Just profane or really offensive? Really offensive. I like him so much. The way she walks, the way she smiles. She's got the look, she's got the style. This is her
May I help you? No, thank you. Hi. Do you remember me? No, I'm sorry. I was in here yesterday. You wouldn't wait on me? <gasps> oh. You work on commission, right? Yes. Big mistake. Big. Huge. I have to go shopping now. You're Beautiful from Musical of the Week, Pretty Woman, featuring Samantha Barks, Andy Carl, and the original Broadway cast. Great soundtrack, I have to say. Mm. Without any further ado, Mel, bring us the goods, mate. Okay, so this is one of the shows that you come across that there isn't a lot of information about on the internet. So unlike Aida last week, we've got, you know, not as much to say about this. <laughs> from what I can tell, it also wasn't particularly well received by critics. So it may be one that history is sort of just attempting to sweep under the rug somewhere. You know, I heard about it some time ago um, when I saw you'd chosen it for this week. I thought, yeah, I remember hearing something about this musical that was made on the basis of Pretty Woman, but I couldn't recall what I'd actually read about it. Yeah. And I think now that you've said that, my memory of it is that it kind of came and then didn't really do much. It went it. Away, and it, yeah. Relatively recently, too. Yeah, only a couple of years ago. And it yeah. didn't win any major awards, wasn't nominated for anything, um, just sort of came, yeah, like you say, came and went. Mm. Um, that's but, said, you know, we're, we're fair-minded here. We will talk about any musical. It doesn't matter whether it's good or not. doesn't matter if it's kismet or not. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you knew what I was saying. <laughs> so we've been listening to the album today. I discovered it earlier this week. I actually love Samantha Barks. And there are some bangers on the original cast album, so I think we should just all make up our minds ourselves. Um, <laughs> I hope that the tracks we've chosen today are a good representation actually of, of the breadth of the scale of the music. I tried hard to do that, but... Yeah, I it, think it's pretty good. You're, I mean, you're, if you're not keen to listen to it at the end of this, you're never going to be. Exactly. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah, so... Carry on. I thought we might kick it off with a little Theatre Mania interview I caught on the YouTube with Samantha Barks and Andy Carl. Hi Theatre Mania, I am Samantha Barks. And I am Andy Carl, and together we are starring in Pretty Woman, the musical. Okay, Theatre Mania has given us a whole bunch of questions. We haven't looked at, the, at these. We're going to ask each other these questions, and hopefully oh. we're going to find out more about each other. <laughs> oh, God. Apologies in advance. Oh, yeah. You don't want... There's things you don't want to know. I know, I know. But okay. Go for it. Okay. Lay it down, man. It's briefs, by the way. <laughs> Question one. Tell us the plot of Pretty Woman in ten seconds. In ten seconds. Uh, well-to-do man finds a uh, woman on street. They fall in love immediately. Uh, they save each other at the end. But really, she saves him. 
I didn't even listen to the answer because I was just too busy doing the countdown. <laughs> Probably best. It doesn't make much sense. Okay. How would you describe your character in Pretty Woman in three words? Three words, no more. What? Sexy. Yeah. She's romantic. Mm. She has dreams of romance. Mm -hmm. She, you know, she knows. Mm -hmm. She wants the fairy tale. She's strong. Strong. She's strong. She's strong. Yeah, one. Sexy, strong one. romantic, strong. and strong. Yeah. Come All on. All in one show. Come in on. one character. <laughs> I want to see this. What was your first R-rated movie? Excalibur. You don't know that one. Way too young. You're way too young for this. Excalibur. It's all about you know knights of the round table. Um, why was it R-rated? Because there was like a knight in full armor on top of a naked woman. Like you know that was. And my mother was like, "Oh my God, my child is watching this." First R-rated movie I saw was actually something like Saw. I think Saw. 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 Saw or saw. I don't have any problem with the pronunciation. I'm just like noticing the. Uh, it felt like you had a problem with the pronunciation nothing. just a little bit. What was the first Broadway show you saw? It says it right there. Saw. That's going to be the theme for tonight. I oh. saw Cats. It was in West End. Yes. I saw Cats when I was 10. Well, I sh myself. I, yeah. Because I was sat there watching the show and this like cat came up and like, yeah, onto me. I was like, <laughs> Awful. <laughs> what was the first Broadway show you saw? Saw, saw. Uh, anything goes. Patty Lapone. Oh. My parents took me up to see a Broadway show. I'm, I'm staying at the Nederlander Theater. Full circle, I'm staying in Patty Lapone's dressing room right now. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. Me and Patty, like this. Oh my god, wow. What's the most money you've spent on a single day of shopping and what did you buy? I'd like if I was going to go buy an Apple computer, I spent yeah. between 2000 and 2500 bucks on a nice desktop computer, but I don't think that's what we're talking about here. Does anyone have desktop computers it? anymore? Is that a thing? <laughs> I think I just <laughs> myself. Uh, what's the most money you spent in a shopping spree in one day? It was at the uh, the Ideal Home exhibition in London. <laughs> I don't know if you ever got to check it out. I'll see that. I love it. But it's basically like kitchen gadgets and like outdoor things for your house and all this like lovely stuff. I went mental. I bought a Vitamix, which is, you know, amazing blender. Yeah, right, yeah. Blender. I actually bought, I think on the same day, a bed that folds down into like, it's a desk. Like a Murphy bed? And it folds into, I got the whole lot. I wouldn't go shopping and buy yeah. myself clothes and stuff, but it's like, bought every kitchen gadget. Yeah, and when you walked out with the Vitamix in one hand and the bed in the other, <laughs> were you like, big mistake, huge. <laughs> Okay, and now for the goods. Pretty Woman the Musical is a musical with music and lyrics by Brian Adams, don't you mm. know? And Jim Valance, and a book by Gary Marshall and J.F. Lawton. Gary Marshall and J.F. Lawton directed the original movie. Based on the 1990 film of the same name, Pretty Woman is a modern retelling of the Cinderella story. Vivian, a Hollywood prostitute, is picked up on the street by Edward Lewis, a tough but lonely business mogul. Employed as his companion, Vivian is immersed into the elite Beverly Hills society, but she soon realises that she is a fish, little fish out of water. She wants to make something of her life, but she must be true to herself along the way. 
during a week of romance, both Vivian and Edward embark on a journey of self-discovery and discover true love along the way. Edward is softened and transformed by Vivian's joy of life, and he comes to realise that he must change his priorities if he wants to hold on to what matters most. Uh, He obviously rediscovers his moral compass, drops his brutal business methods, much to his money-grabbing lawyer's chagrin. Edward and Vivian's love transcends social divides and the independent Cinderella gets her prince, as you would expect. (laughs) A little touch of Pygmalion in there too, though, isn't it? Because he starts to try to shape her the way that he wants. He does. And she she rebels against that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he tries to turn her into this, like, yeah, the rich. Sounds like it's pretty true to the story of the film. I think... To its discredit, it might be. Ah, yeah. Interesting comment, Grasshopper. That's what some of the critics uh, say. I'll read some quotes to you. Um, Please do. Soon. Yeah. Uh, so, in March of 2014, it was announced that a musical adaptation of the film was being developed for the stage, with the original screenwriter Lawton and director Gary Marshall attached to write the book. The following year, Marshall revealed that rights had been secured, and although Marshall died in July of 2016, producer Paula Wagner said that work on the musical would continue. On September 26th of 2017, the musical was officially confirmed and it was announced that the show would receive its world premiere at the Oriental Theatre Chicago before an expected Broadway transfer in the fall of 2018. Pretty Woman, the musical, made its world premiere at the Oriental Theatre in Chicago in 2018 for a limited five-week run until April. Following that initial run, it transferred to Broadway at the Nederlander Theatre, began previews in July of 2018, and opened officially in August of 2018. As I've mentioned already, the cast features Samantha Barks in her Broadway debut as Vivian Ward. That's the Julia Roberts role. Steve Kazee originated the role of Edward Lewis, originally played by, what's his name? Richard Gere. Richard Gere, that's the one. But Steve Kazee had to leave the show for family reasons, and he was replaced by Andy Carl, who was the original Kai and Legally Blonde, the post guy. Mm-hmm. The Broadway production closed in August of 2019 after 27 previews and only 420 regular performances. So almost exactly a year. Yeah, so not... That's not long at all. No, not long. Uh, it's since been professionally performed uh, on a US national tour in Hamburg, the West End and in Milan. And now to the really good stuff. Pretty Woman was generally pretty poorly received by critics, with the show's writing being a frequent focus of criticism. Critics found that the gender dynamics of the movie's plot had aged pretty badly and that the musical had failed to bring the story up to date for 2018. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. In his review for the New York Times, Ben Brantley criticised the verbatim reuse of dialogue from the movie, writing that the show's creators had hewed suffocatingly close to the film's story, gags and dialogue. Critics from The Guardian and Variety took issue with the show's glossiness and what they perceived as an attempt to make a G-rated family show from the source material. Oh, so I see the criticism is that they, uh, they really tried to reinvent the film as a stage show without, to- without updating it and without really trying to find a new angle to it. Or in a new audience. Well, you could have the same basic storyline, but it could have been treated a lot differently for uh, you know 20 years down the track. Well, Should have been. I don't think there's any reason why you couldn't have said it in 2018 with a prostitute yeah. from a 20, in a 2018 Brings another, another set of um, values, another set of interesting societal influences. Totally. Dialogue would have been quite different. But Which, the end result could have been very similar. It kind of just needed to be... I think it should have been, um, you know... That's pretty disappointing for those that are involved, I'm sure. 
Yeah, well, and you know, apparently Julia Roberts loved it, and Richard Gere loved it, and mm. if Gary Marshall would have been alive, mm. he would have loved it, apparently. Mm. Okay. So, I mean, good for them. What um, about musically, how did it fare? Musically, uh, the score by Brian Adams and Jim Valance was generally described as pleasant but bland. Yeah, okay. I can I can get that. I mean, some people say that about Brian Adams anyway. Well, now that you know it's written by Brian Adams, I think go back and listen to the tracks again because I I was listening to the music and then I was researching the show and as soon as I found out it was Brian Adams, I thought, ah, oh, it does sound very Brian Adamsy. <laughs> okay. It does have a very Brian Adams sound to it. You know that sort of instrumental guitar thing that he does. Yeah. Critics generally approved of the show's performers, particularly stars Andy Carl and Samantha Barks, but were found, uh, but found they were unable to rise above the show's material. In a review for Vulture, Sarah Holdren expressed sympathy for the <laughs> expressed sympathy for the show's performers, writing that they were hooked up like defibrillators to a body that, no matter how much energy they pump into it, can't be revived. <laughs> I was so pleased to see that reviewers in America are still <laughs> able to turn a good phrase. <laughs> well, that's wonderful writing. I love that. Uh, and so that's all they really had to say about Pretty Woman. Um, oh, well done, Mel. But I'm, go- I'm not sure that I would actually go to see it, but you know, I, I was not turned off by the music we're playing today. I think it's okay. No, the, I wasn't particularly excited. You know, I'm a big fan of new shows when they come out uh, yeah. on Broadway, but. I was never particularly excited about it. Uh, I listened to the tracks for the first time literally this week. and um, Yeah, it didn't make me think, oh, God, I wonder what that's really like in, in person. I'd love, she's to, got, love to see that. She has know. an amazing well, she's voice. She's got an amazing voice, yeah. yeah. But, the, but the music didn't... Uh, you know, it's not like hearing something like Superstar for the first time where you just say, wow, that is so no. amazing. It, this is just like, okay, it's a musical. It's and, a bit like 9 to 5 uh, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, nothing inherently wrong with that. But from what you've said about the way that the dialogue was received and the fact that it's so closely allied to the uh, format of the original 1990 film, that actually rings a lot of alarm bells for me. They should have been able to do something with that, and that's disappointing. Well, I think they... I don't know this for sure, but I think they set it in the 90s. So it is still... There's very much 90s costumes. uh, They did keep it there. Even so, you don't go to see a musical and expect to see the dialogue that's lifted straight out of the film. That's pretty lazy writing. Yeah. But kudos to you for bringing us a new musical. Yeah. Even if it didn't last terribly long. No, I discovered something new. (laughs) I love discovering new stuff. And, you know, it makes a change from delving into the older stuff like kismet but (laughs) (laughs) duds are still made kismet kismet pretty woman that's pretty much a benchmark isn't it (laughs) so we'll we'll maybe uh, look for something that was more of a hit for next week good idea we'll leave it it in your yeah we'll leave it in your hands okay i'll I'll find a good show for next week okay i'll wait with bated breath Uh, and we're at that time of day again. Uh, consider this your last reminder for today to please get in touch with Creative Waikato if you or your arts project could use their assistance. And don't forget to catch Backstage wherever you get your podcasts. Backstage is available on accessmedia.nz, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And you would have heard of Instagram. Well, that's where we are too. You'll find Backstage Podcast NZ right there. Mel will be sharing today's episode soon, and we will have our musical of the week on our story there. I have been Mike, she has been Mel, and you have been backstage once again. We are leaving you today with you and I from Musical of the Week, Pretty Woman. Stay classy, theatre nerds. See you. Darling, you look beautiful tonight. 
never seeing anything so right In the magic of the moment There's no place I'd rather be I see the wonder of the world through your eyes To have you here beside me Makes me realize Everything is different Everything has changed inside of me Like a vision in the darkness, a 
Use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.